part of the 2022 Fan Battle Royale. Yes, we are back. We This is the first of two episodes, as they always are every year since 2018. Make it make sense. Um, I'm Bob McDonald, and I'm flying solo today. I was hoping that uh, this was going to be the Fan Battle Royale hosted by Jimmy Lamke, but due to circumstances beyond our control, it's just going to be me. So, but that's okay. We'll, we'll make it work. We always have. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at HorizonRT, the podcast that is. You can follow us on the web at HorizonRoundtable.com. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever podcasts are available. So let us go ahead. Um, once again, we've made a concerted effort to try to get every fan from every team involved. It never works out that way, but we do have a large swath of fans here available to at our disposal. Um, so without any further ado, let us go ahead and have them all introduce themselves. Obviously, um, I know we are waiting on one person. Um, hopefully he will show up again because I, because um, as I'm sure if you followed on the Twitter account, uh, follow us on Twitter, the consequences are, well, let's say going to be rather uncomfortable. So um, unfortunately, that one person is Andrew Green, uh, representing Cleveland State. We have I've not seen him jump in yet. Hopefully, he will come in a little later on, because I can't deal with that awkwardness today. Uh, so let me move on to Detroit Mercy. Kyle, um, go ahead and go ahead and introduce yourself. Um, you know, the floor is yours. Well, um, how's everybody doing today? Thanks for having me on. My name is uh, Kyle Thalen. I've been attending University of Detroit basketball games since I was a kid, since they played at Cobo Arena in downtown Detroit. Um, it's a sad state of affairs recently for my team, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get more into that later on. So, but I just want to say go Titans. All right. Go where, I guess would be the question, but um, <laughs> we'll talk about that a little later. All right. All right, so next up, um, and by the way, you'll notice I'm doing this in uh, alphabetical order based on team. Um, Green Bay, uh, welcome back, uh, Jim Saro. Hey, Bob, thanks for having me. I have to say, as we get ready to record this fan battle royale, that I am feeling like a celebrity. I am coming off the heels of a Jeff Goodman quote tweet, and then Jimmy Lemke gave me a direct shout out by first and last name on the UWM message board to try to drum up some activity for this thing. I mean, my ego is through the roof and ready to rock today. You've been rather busy because you are, if I'm not, if, if memory serves correct, you are also uh, the co- one of the uh, contributors to the Fear the Phoenix podcast now with Brian Dickman. I think we yeah, mentioned yeah. that a couple of times. I think we mentioned that the last time you were on here too, but. Yeah, we've been uh, doing a little bit of that, um, you know, coming off a five win season, though, it's hard to get excited and record a lot of content, but we just had a great podcast with the AD, Josh Moon. Anybody that'd like to know what's going on in the Phoenix country, check that out uh, wherever you find your podcast. I believe it's on Anchor, though, is the primary place or Apple podcast. Yes, it is. Absolutely. I follow and you should, too, as well. All right. All right. So um, next up, uh, Milwaukee. Welcome, Tommy. Hey, thank you guys for having me. Uh, obviously, trying to fill the shoes of Jimmy. Uh, I know he took over as host, but he would probably be our biggest boaster of all. Uh, I've known him since he was a freshman. So I- I've been attending games since 2003, uh, proud graduate in 2011. Uh, I was there for the Pearl years. I've been there for the Jeter years. I've uh, watched what our team has become the last couple years. And uh, we've got some hope. 
Maybe. We'll see. So we'll talk about it. Oh, yes, we will. And yes, we will. Um, yeah, last year was – yeah, we'll talk about last year too because that was – yeah, that, that was a that was an event. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, next up, uh, representing Northern Kentucky, uh, Michael. Welcome. Now this is probably my fault because I probably because I didn't view. Yeah. Because um, I put him, I put everybody on mute at the beginning of this thing, and um, yeah, you're gonna have to take yourself off of mute. Sorry, guy, that's on me. There we go. Wow, wow, and that was one hell of an introduction that I had, and I already I forgot what I said already. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, hey, guys, good afternoon. Uh, Michael Rusher representing the Northern Kentucky fan base. Uh, I'm a 1994 NKU grad and uh, season ticket holder and uh, excited to take part in this today. I will be frankly honest, I'm still reeling from that second half collapse in the Horizon League Championship game. Uh, it still stings bad. And so hopefully the upcoming summer months will work towards, uh, you know, easing that pain and, and led me into uh, the next season. But uh, again, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of this and, and looking forward to it. Now, Michael, if I'm not mistaken, you are also uh, you've also contributed to the Norse Report as well. Yeah, yeah. So I am uh, I'm a contributor for for Norse Report. I also do quite a bit on the Norse Nation uh, Facebook page, which is you know more or less for any type of NKU alum or anyone that wants to join. And so uh, being so close to the university, I think I'm probably less than two miles where I currently live. So. Uh, I'm pretty much on top of a lot that's that's going on, and um, some may say I'm a little too eaten up with it, mainly my wife. But uh, yeah, so yeah, anything and any any and all things that are that are Norse are are definitely of interest in in trying to to get that brand out there. All right, um, welcome. And yeah, we we saw a little bit of the a uh, little bit of the uh, Norse cave that you created in your basement, so. Um, yeah, we, we, you're definitely, you definitely well represent, uh, Northern Kentucky there. So, all right. Uh, next up, uh, Mitchell representing Oakland. Welcome, Mitchell. Thanks for having us all together today. Uh, hi, I'm Mitchell Covert. Uh, I've been, I've only been at Oakland for a couple of years. I'm currently a junior at Oakland University, so I haven't really followed Oakland basketball too heavily, but I've gotten into it like crazy last couple of years, had season tickets this past year, and just have been luckily been a part of the Jalen Moore and Jamal Kane year last year, which is pretty crazy to watch. And, and Mitchell, um, you have the distinct honor of being the first and maybe only, I don't know if we're going to do this next year, uh, the first winner of the Horizon Roundtable Bracket Challenge. And you may very, be, very well be the only person on earth who is who owns a Horizon League, Horizon Roundtable t-shirt. I mean, it's a great honor to have that t-shirt hanging up in my closet at this very moment. There you go. All right. Um, next up, representing right straight is Shane, but you all know him better as another name. Welcome. 
Hey guys, yeah, you'll know me as Freewin on all the message boards. I'm on pretty regular on the Horizons official message or an unofficial message board, along with a lot of uh, like Detroit's uh, right states message boards. I'll post occasionally on. Um, I my real name is Shane Mortimore. I attended Wright State from 1999 to 2001, and I would spend the, probably the next 10 years making the the, the Nutter Center in my second home. I'm a big fan of the athletics program, not so much of the academics there, but um, it kind of gives me a I don't know, a down to earth view of my my team. I can point out the goods and the bads from both from both sides of uh, the school. Um, and I'm expected to hear a lot of thank yous this year for finally winning an NCAA tournament basketball game. It may have been the play-in game, but we won one, guys, and we're getting the money. So you can thank me later. <laughs> I know at least one person on this call who's not going to, but we'll move on that a little later. Because last but not least, uh, Nico Pappas, welcome, representing uh, Youngstown State. Welcome. Um, hello, my name is Nico. I'm a diehard. I'm all right welcome all right so i guess we should rip off the band-aid here um we have three teams that do not have fans apparently i'm gonna start with robert morris because that one is really disappointing to me because those guys kind of came out the gate and those guys are really good um in terms of you know Following us and following the Horizon League, and couldn't find a single one. How does this happen? Really, am I the only person? Hey, Bob. Know, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Don't all jump in at once. All right, I'll go, <laughs> Bob. Right. You know what I'm Knock looking at, right? Up. When I'm looking at Robert Morris, like, you know, it would be hard to be a fan of Robert Morris. You have probably the coach that's the hardest on players in the league. I mean, every year they're rebuilding their roster. They lost uh, Brandon Stone. They lost Winston. They lost Ferris. They're going to be young. They don't really have um, a lot of continuity. I mean, they kept Khalil Spear and they kept Michael Green, but uh, they weren't very good. They lost a bunch of players. Uh, I wouldn't be jumping on this podcast either if I was a Robert Morris fan. (laughs) I think Andy Tool is also um, still on the small conference idea where you think he thinks you can get one good player on the team and that, that's going to bring you a championship. And as much as we knock on the Horizon League every now and then, one player, one strong player is not going to do it for you. You need at least probably three good players in order to compete for the championship here. As a fan of uh, U of D and Antoine Davis, I can confirm that. You need more than one player. <laughs> Signed Pat Baldwin Jr. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't worry. We'll talk about him and his uh his air quote ankle injury all year, you know. The biggest the biggest hype that this school ever had and flamed out. You see the Ben Simmons of the Horizon League. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um yeah, pro- I mean, yeah. <laughs> um the other disappointing one is Purdue Fort Wayne. I don't really understand that one, like, even a little bit. Um, Tyler, uh, Travis Alinsky was supposed to be on here. Uh, I invited him. Unfortunately, he had a scheduling conflict. And apparently he's the only one, because apparently nobody else was interested. Well, I would say that um, his absence is pretty much uh, 
related to, I guess, their nickname, the Mastodons. Haven't those guys been extinct for millions of years? So that would probably make some sense. I, I mean, honestly, I don't know what his excuse is because I don't know what you could be doing at noon on a Sunday in Fort Wayne that would, you know, be better than that. You know, along the lines for Mastodons, I actually went to a Fort Wayne versus Green Bay game this year. It was at the uh, the really nice Coliseum there. And the crowd, which was uh, tiny for the building size, was definitely uh, related to the Mastodon. It was an older crowd for sure. There was about 75 people maybe, and uh, most of them were uh, nearly extinct. But I will say this, we'll give them a little bit of props because they can't, they finished the season nine and zero in conference play uh, to come to, you know, to get to 15 and six and they got their whole team coming back. So if you can't get excited about that, or they have almost their whole team coming back, if you can't get excited by that as a basketball fan in this league, then there's no hope for your program. Well, they weren't excited to see a green Bay versus Purdue Fort Wayne game though. That's probably why there wasn't that many people there. All hey, right, time, for, um, time for a self-rip. Uh, you know, I always get excited when my team kicks the crap out of somebody else. It doesn't happen very often anymore, but that was an easy W. Why wouldn't you go watch that? That's true. That is true. All right. Um, and last, last of course, is, is IUPY. Okay, so somebody explained this to me, that I can get six guys on their freaking team on a podcast, and I can get one fan. <laughs> and by the way, of those six people, only one of them's left, by the way. That's probably about the correct ratio for number of players to fans at all their games. I mean, it's pretty on point. You know, I was talking to somebody in Indianapolis, and they said, we have a team right here in Indy? I didn't even know. And I said, yeah, you got working extra sneakers and everything. And I thought, oh, wait, no. No, you don't have extra sneakers. If anybody saw the Green Bay game where they got them out of the stands from a, a family member. <laughs> that, yep. Oh, yeah. By the way, uh, by the way, a Boston stout is Boston stand. The only one, by the way, who's still left on the IPUI team because everybody, because uh, everybody else on that on that podcast particular episode, um, is, is in the transfer portal or in the case of BJ Maxwell without eligibility. Um, yeah, that was his dad actually. It's really, yeah. And then, by the way, it's funny because had he not found another pair of shoes, they would have been playing with four guys. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of par for the course for IUPUI season right there, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's that's gonna stick. So, all right, um, I'm not sure where I'm not sure where Andrew is. Andrew Green, where are you? Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to hold off because uh, I can't because I've I've been through enough with Cleveland State this year. <laughs> He's in the transfer portal. He's in the he's transfer on, yeah, he's on the way to Missouri it. with the rest of the <laughs> yeah. yeah, you beat you beat me to that. I was had him on his way to uh, to Missouri. Uh, uh, I think so. I think it was funny because uh, my personal Twitter account. I've got more people following me uh, from Missouri now, which I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? Stop following me, damn it. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. And then. So that's I'm really trying not to, but you know what? Hell with it. All right. Um. So I guess the I guess we should go ahead and address this right now because, uh, like, we haven't been addressing it since about what February. Um. I UIC's departure from the Horizon League. Um. Now now you all noticed, uh, Jim. I know you noticed that I did 
did invite a UIC fan to come on because I didn't invite them to give a party shot. We did not have anybody. So um, it doesn't matter because we're still going to talk about them anyway. So, you know what? The floor is yours, guys. Say your goodbyes to UIC. UIC is filling a hole. They're filling the hole that Loyola is leaving. And and that's at least what we talk about on our board and, and what I believe is they're just filling the Chicago gap. You know, they're not a team that's – I wouldn't say that they're a team that they're, that's going to win anything or be Loyola, but they're filling the gap of Chicago. They're filling that TV spot. Well, that no, is I, not – I'm sorry, go ahead. I was, was going to say – Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say that on their message board, they had a little thread about what championship they would win first in the Missouri Valley. And uh, universally, it was like men's or women's tennis. And I thought – Thank God you're leaving. Thank freaking God you're taking your crap basketball program and getting it out of our league. We don't need more crap basketball programs. You and, say that now and watch, watch Chicago State sneak on in because the Chicago market. I was going to say, what, what's our replacement for the Chicago market? That's yeah. We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll actually talk a little bit about that later. Um, by the way, Chicago State will not happen because it does look like they are going to the MEAC. Unless a MEAC implodes, which is also a possibility. Well, I personally just want to say good riddance, good riddance to UIC. Um, since 2010, their basketball record is 134 and 228. That's a 37% winning percentage. So, you know, good riddance. You know, have fun being the doormat in the, uh, in the Missouri Valley Conference, getting the shit kicked out of you every game. We don't need you haven't been good since the late 90s. So I find it, I'm glad you brought that up because do we, this is, I'm a little concerned because we, honestly, this is, these are the same sentiments that a lot of us had when Loyola left for the, the Valley. And then what was it? Three, four years later, they're in the final four after like not ever being, not even being in the tournament for 30 years. Yeah, but I, I will say Loyola at least has some name recognition, has some history behind their program. What does yes. UIC have, you know? Loyola also had a major investment, too, at the time, turning that that high school gym into a beautiful arena. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys had ever traveled to the Gentile Center pre-renovations uh, and their movement, but I saw it. it. <laughs> it was a high school gym at best. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, and then when we, I went down, I had the fortune to go down there a uh, number of years ago after they had moved and it was beautiful. You would walking into that building, you wouldn't have guessed that it was something different, but I think that's what also helped Loyola is that they had the, the backing and the funding to go put something out there on top of the move. You know, it's yeah. not just the, it's not just the building, which is awesome. They built the practice gym they invested in scheduling. They paid their coaches. They did every single thing right because they're a private school and they can spend how they want to without a lot of uh, oversight. And in, you know, UIC being a flagship university of the Illinois system, I'm not sure that they're going to be able to spend the type of money that it takes to have Loyola success. Like it's not just because they're in Chicago; it's because they did everything else right. And um, UIC hasn't done anything right uh, across a lot of their programs. I, I just don't see it changing for them. Yeah. So, all right. Now we can get to the question of, okay, are we going to see a new 
team come into the Horizon League? And if so, when? I don't think we're going to see one anytime soon. Um, but I could be. I think we're. I think we're going to be at eleven for the near in the near future, for the very immediate future. I just pray we don't get another Summit League team. Yeah, I think the thing with the Summit League, I think their biggest thing has been they've been spending a lot of time shifting westward. Um, however, um, that does th- that does stand to reason that you know we can always get into the nightmare scenario of uh, West uh, Western Illinois popping up. So is the expectation, guys, I guess as a whole with expansion, I, I mean, are we looking more more westward or because I know in our in our boards here down in northern Kentucky, a name that continually pops up and one that I guess a lot of fans would like to see is the addition possibly of Bellerman. I mean, I know that they're in the A Sun right now, um, but um you know, it could be a little bit of a Southern uh, kind of feel to the Horizon League. And, you know, they, they're definitely a competitive program. They've proven it this past year and have been able to, to land a lot of um, quality players and even and even transfer. So I don't know if it's maybe just uh, a firm hold on going westward or if they would possibly look to go maybe a little Southern, you know, in the Louisville market and, and pick up Bellarmine. You know, Michael, the the problem with uh, Bellarmine is that they have aspirations to be good, and I'm not sure that fits the profile of the rest of our league currently. <laughs> I, well, I, can around, pro- I was say I can no, around no, with that, but Julie, uh, the commissioner of the league, said something at at the conference tournament about major markets okay. and you know urban schools, public or private. So Bellarmine would definitely fit the bill. Uh, you know, the only other names we hear are Grand Valley State, maybe. Um, but beyond that, there aren't any real schools that, you know, are in the, our markets that aren't in a better league or in a market that's nearby. Like Western Illinois is not a market. So that's probably never going to yeah. be a school that comes to our league. That means we won't have Jared, uh, Rob Jeter, the revenge. <laughs> Rob Jeter, revenge store. <laughs> yeah. Like that wouldn't be awkwardness twice a year. Uh, it would be. It would be. A, it would be where you see that ex-girlfriend that you really didn't want to break up with with half of our fan base, and then they would like go talk to Rob and like hug him and be like, "We really miss you, but we've got this shiny new thing, but we really miss you." <laughs> I mean, well, you if, finally if, got that shiny new thing. You, uh, this is your third try. Yeah. Well. There's still there's still a big thing in our administration that needs to go, but I mean, we'll see where this goes at this point. You know, when Western Illinois plays UWM in uh, Milwaukee, they're gonna play "Lips of an Angel" by Hinder because I think that's about <laughs> liking your ex when you're with somebody else. I, I think that's would be an appropriate song. There you go. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> and- that, you invited actually, me, Bob. You invited me. Like to, you know what? I would like to see that. Yeah. Are you kidding me? It's not my team. I'd, I'd pay money to see that. Just have you all come in. Just come in for that game. Everyone just visits. We sit in our own section and we laugh. It's like, wow, that is so bad. <laughs> like, yes, that's a, the, 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 half of the, well, it's like, I mean, and I think in Milwaukee's case, I think it was like the, the issue of, you know, because it's been kind of a long-standing kind of, you know, battle, especially among your fans about Rob Cheater. Um, that's been going on for a while, as if I'm not mistaken. 
Uh, it's been going on since he was hired. So yeah. it was it was a love hate. There was a lot of people that were around when he was around under the the Bow days, early on when he was an assistant that didn't like the hire because they didn't like him. And then you know we did some we we did okay right with with Pearl's players, and then he did okay by himself. And then there was ten years of nothing where you know he seemingly got contract renewals and kept coming back. And and then there was the the whole. Well, they started to turn things around, and the AD pushed him out, essentially. Uh, if any of you have ever followed that, obviously, it's really easy to look at. Uh, and if you come, I mean, to, our, like if, if you come to our board, there's pages and pages about it. That's uh, like, are you kidding me? That was the first season of – that was like almost – we mentioned that almost every episode of the first season of the Horizon Roundtable. Exactly. See, Not much, so, yeah. I, mean, I would say if you're talking to Jimmy, I know he, he would have he would have led with that every time he could. Um, yes, <laughs> he still and, will too. By the way. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. He he would probably go on about ten minutes. He'd he'd take over the show. Um, ten minutes. Now well, you're being you're being conservative. We'd have to turn him off. That's all. <laughs> I never did. We never did. Go. I just you know what? You're on a roll. Go for it. Make good content. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, the la- like I said, uh, all of the all of the work that are. You know, when it comes to conferences and and Jeter and you know Milwaukee, we 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 talk about it that Milwaukee had a chance at one point to leave and and, and, and would it ever have happened? No, maybe. Who knows? Will this league ever get around to fixing itself? Not with the leadership. Uh, we don't. I, I don't think. We'll but, talk a little bit about that later yeah, too. Yeah. Um, but the other question that I have is, you know, I don't think we're done. I don't think realignment's all the way done. There's always been rumblings about Missouri State going to FBS, so there might be another spot in the Valley. <laughs> Northern Kentucky, come on down. <laughs> your, your chances arrive. Well, no, because I think in the reporting, when UIC was officially announced, Northern Kentucky was one of the names that was kicked around for that spot. I mean, it wasn't like a lot because um, obviously Ken Bodoff is leaving as AD. So obviously there wasn't, there, you know, that conversation probably died the second he, he's announced his retirement. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, if you want to get into the mix again, I mean, it'll be you versus Kansas City again. Well, I can tell you from, uh, from our end, I know another conference that was, uh, thrown around this past season and even going into last summer uh, is with the defection from the Ohio Valley, you know, Eastern Kentucky heading down to the A-Sun and Murray State leaving and, you know, being in the state of Kentucky where at one time, you know, a good portion of the Ohio Valley schools were located. Um, everybody started talking about a possible move there. And, you know, obviously at one point that that conference was, you know, ingrained by football programs and it's really not so much anymore, but um, I don't know. That just seems like that's a sinking ship in itself. And I don't know if that would even be something that uh, the the new AD that that comes in here in July uh, considers maybe down the line. Um, I had actually heard um, from a, from a source uh, it kind of picked his brain, and this is going back a ways. Uh, what hypothetically would be the next move that Northern would consider if indeed there ever was one? And one that they threw back at me was the Atlantic 10. Uh, you know, you could still keep regional rivals with Dayton being in the A10, and, you know, you would still have, you know, the Pittsburgh drive with Duquesne and, 
and things like that. So I don't know if that'll ever uh, come to fruition, but I'll be honest as a fan, I'm, I'm very, very happy and content being in the horizon league. I think it's a, a, a really great conference. I think, you know, there's quality teams in here and uh, you know, I, I, I don't really want to move, you know, if you were to ask me, but I may be in the minority. You know, Michael, one thing about uh, Northern Kentucky, like that was put along with their not getting into the um, Missouri Valley was that the financial commitment needed to be increased and uh, to go to the A-10s at an even higher level than, than that. Like, you know, you need to be in basketball spending four million plus in the Atlantic 10 to even have a chance. Otherwise, you're going to be the LaSalle's of the world. And, right. um, you know, it's and the hard part is Northern Kentucky does an OK job on uh, men's basketball spending and probably women's. But, it, you know, the Missouri Valley, even across all the other Olympic sports, has a bigger financial commitment that a lot of schools can't make. A lot of our horizon schools couldn't make and wouldn't be able sure. to make. No, that makes complete sense. Makes complete sense. And, you know, really, you know, outside of our men's and women's programs, you know, obviously, you know, volleyball would probably come in a close third in terms of, you know, overall, I guess, focus or importance and then our soccer teams. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that makes complete sense in terms of the financial commitment needed. Um, you know, and again, I just don't know you know, coming out of a, you know, a COVID type of season. And uh, I'll be honest with you, attendance wasn't near what it had been in previous years this past season. Um, you know, if the financial commitment is there and maybe that's a reason why, you know, talk of going elsewhere is, has been, you know, pretty much silent around here. Can I, can I just take a second here to, uh, sure. to complain as a U of D fan? Um, you know, Ever since I was a kid, I've seen all these teams come and go out of the Horizon League or the uh, Midwestern Collegiate, as, as it was known before. I mean, we had Dayton, Xavier, um, Butler left, Loyola left, Valpo left. So I see all these teams come and go, and it's just really frustrating to me that, you know, I'm probably delusional, but I think, you know, with the history that U of D has, Granted, we're dog shit lately, but I just I want nothing more than to leave the horizon and go somewhere. And I think, um, like the other guy said, it comes down to money. And I just think U of D doesn't have it. And it's so frustrating to me. So if there's any rich U of D donors out there listening to this, please just start throwing money at the university so we can get out of the horizon league. Kyle, you know, yeah. you, you make a really good point about like the history for U of D. This is a, a program that was competing with Marquette and other private schools 40 years ago. Yeah. And those schools have made the financial commitment across the university, across athletics, and they have elevated their programs. And then right. you look at U of D as not, and I'm not trying to, I know I'm supposed to rip on people because it's our battle Royale, but like they have done none of that. And they've been left in the dust on many levels compared to those other schools. I'm not even 40 years ago, 20 years ago. I mean, tractor trailer was ready to sign with U of D until the bag man at U of M came in and paid him. So, I mean, I don't know what the public school league in Detroit is like these days, but I mean, back in the late nineties, early two thousands, U of D was competing with uh, Michigan, Michigan state for recruits. So, um, but ever since then it's all been downhill, but just watching these teams come and go out of the horizon league, it's so frustrating for me just watching all these other teams move on and it's big, better uh, conference. Well, not every team that's left this league has went on to greener pastures. Look at Evansville or Valpo. Oh, they're, yeah. they're bottom of uh, Missouri Valley. So if you're going to leave this conference, I would make sure you have your financials, you know, situated. Right. And Don't forget the aforementioned, 
don't forget the aforementioned LaSalle, who was in the MCC for like about a season or two and then jumped over the A10 and have done a whole lot of nothing since. Right. And Valpo is a classic example because they don't have the money as a school. They don't have the facilities. They, you know, they had a really good thing going. They were the big dog in a little league. And now they've gotten into where their peer group has everything put together already and they have none of it and no ability to catch up. Like, I think they're in trouble. At least Evansville, they've got an arena. They've got a practice gym. They spend a decent amount of money. They just have, um, they apparently have a relative of the Fort Wayne uh, mascot as a head coach, but that's other than that, they're probably on their, on their way once they fix that. You mean Todd Licklider? Yes. Our old friend Todd Licklider from Butler. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sorry for bringing up bad memories of uh, uh, bad memories of Todd Licklider and Butler. <laughs> I, I was sad worse. and happy to see Butler go at the same time. I mean, it could be worse. Could be Brad Stevens. <laughs> at least, I, at least with Brad Stevens, I can say at least with Cleveland State, he be, they beat him once. <laughs> yeah, literally the only time they I'll beat him when it mattered. Yeah. Yes. I'll never get over one Gordon time Hayward's in 2009. The rest of the time, it was all them. Yeah. I'll never get over uh, Gordon Hayward's last second shot to beat us with the moving uh, pick on Matt that Matt Howard pulled off that wasn't called. But anyway, <clears throat> move on. The king of the floppers, uh, Matt Howard. What's that? The king of the floppers, Matt Howard. Oh god, that fucking guy. And his I long swear, t-shirt. every time I see him, he reminds me of Richie Cunningham from Happy Days. Every time. <laughs> I think for years I referred to him as Richie Cunningham. <laughs> yeah, for years. Um, speaking of coming and going, I wanted to have a conversation about the transfer portal because it seems like um, to, to, we're recording this on uh, May 1st, which is the last day before anybody can jump on the transfer portal. And these, these are the numbers that I have for Horizon, the Horizon League teams as a whole. Cleveland State's got 10, 10 players transferred out. Detroit Mercy, that we know of, has five. Green Bay had nine. IUPUI has eight. Milwaukee, by the way, is the king of the transfers with 12. Um, Kentucky only has you know what's funny? I gotta say before I go before I go down the numbers. Um, so Tom Muskowski, who writes uh, the Cleveland State blog, he keeps to referring to Cleveland State as transfer you. I'm sorry, Tom, but when the, another team in the Horizon League has more transfers than Cleveland State, they get the title of transfer you. I don't make up the rules; I just enforce them. So yeah, so Milwaukee is the, Milwaukee is the winner, undisputed champion. Um, Northern Kentucky has three. Oakland has five. Purdue Fort Wayne has four. Robert Morris has five. You think it sounds? You think it's more, but it's really only five. Rice State. Well, has, they only had like ten guys, so. <laughs> Rice State. Now Rice State had only had three in the transfer portal, but two of those are really big. And then Youngstown State, and I was really surprised by this, has seven. So, but then I guess, I guess my question would be. And I think uh, commissioner, um, you, uh, the UD commissioner, he broke it down that um, of the there's like 54% of the uh, players on the Horizon League rosters from last year. Only 54 uh, 54% of them, I want to say, have transferred are in the transfer portal. I guess my question is, does it really matter? I mean, considering how completely underachieving the Horizon League was last year. <clears throat> Yes and no. Yes and no. Because uh, some of the best players out of the league are going to leave, right? We we already know 
you know, obviously Cleveland State going to Missouri. Um, you know, again, DeAndre Golston going to Missouri. So a lot of a lot of kids leaving. Uh, I mean, when it comes to Detroit losing your best player. Um, yeah, I was I was gonna say you know. it matters for us. <laughs> <laughs> right, where yeah, like there's some teams. We'll, we'll there's have a conversation teams. about your kind. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I mean, Sorry. you can and you can kind of go down the list, right? Davis leaving, Kamari leaving Green Bay. That's a huge part of your guys's rebuild, especially after five wins. You would think he'd be a cornerstone going forward. You know, in in our case, it's a coach coming in and a coach leaving. The guys that are leaving. Uh, you know, it is what it is. It, it's a turnover of the roster again. Um, you know, another year, another turnover. Uh, so, you know, but it does, it hurts the league only in the fact that we'll lose those high profile players that could, you know, shine at a level, you know, one game go off and, and get some highlights and some recognition for the league. Does it hurt the programs? Maybe not so much in the long term. I agree. I'm sorry. I I agree. I I think you guys. I think this is kind of the 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 wave of the future. To be honest, I think now that this is has opened itself up. You know, I think it was mentioned earlier. You're going to see mid-major conferences. You know, especially those top-tier players that maybe weren't able to catch on at a at a higher D1 school when they first came out of high school. You know, have have done what they needed to do to get you know, visibility and are, are leveraging that and, and taking off. And, um, you know, unfortunately, it, it's kind of like, I, I don't know that maybe the proper term to use, but it's kind of like a, um, a minor league, so to say, not saying the conference is minor league, but a minor league and a stepping stone to say, hey, you know, I put in maybe a year or two of quality and solid basketball and I, you know, get some notices from larger schools. All I have to do is put my name in the transfer portal, and I've got the opportunity to go somewhere else. And um, you know, I agree. I think it's it, it it'll hurt those programs that maybe have you know one possibly two high quality players because then you have to go out and and replace that production. But um, you know, I think you'll you see it more when when a coach leaves or a new coach comes in. Um, where instead of, you know, in the old days where you kind of felt out the new coach, saw how everything worked out, the first reaction is, well, I'm entering a transfer portal. You know, I'm getting the hell out. And um, I think it's made it too easy. And this is on everybody, not just mid-majors, but everybody, that if something pisses you off or you're not getting the playing time that you want, all you have to do is wait until the end of the season, put your name in the portal and and go searching. And you know, I think we've all read enough in in the backstories, and you know, this will you know pertain to even you know conferences like the Horizon League that you know these guys are going where there's potential for for money for NIL money, and yep. you know, there's a lot of and and I hate to say it, but it's true. And you know, I'm not a an enormous fan of Dickie V. I, I respect what he does, but he's right. You know, a lot of this stuff is going on behind the scenes before these kids even come out and say, Hey, I'm entering the portal. And it, it's where can I go and have the men, the most opportunities for an NIL deal and the most money. And, uh, you know, money's always been a part of college athletics. We'd be stupid not to admit that, you may, but it's more in the forefront now than it's ever been. And it's less about um, the the you know the student athlete, and it's more about you know the athlete 
making money. And so um, I think it's here to stay. I mean, I think it's going to affect everybody in its own way, um, just how bad. It just all depends on which players are leaving. But um, I'm not a fan of it. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, you know, what happened in COVID has kind of opened this up for everybody, and I don't see it going away anytime soon. Right. You know, I have a couple – I was going to say, I have a couple of bullet points on the portal I'd like to get out there. Like, you know, one, I, I actually, I put this on my Twitter at one point. I, I don't like the comparison to it being a minor league. And I know it's not saying that we're, you know, ripping on the schools in particular, but in the minor league format, the, the top of the food chain is always replenishing the bottom of the food chain. And when Green Bay loses Kamari McGee to Wisconsin, Wisconsin did not send us another player. You know, Lauren Bowman went to Oakland. So it's not a true one-to-one in that regard. So we got to be thinking about like, you know, not, I don't use the term minor league because it's not working in that way. And I, the nil component is, uh, you know, something that all of our programs need to get uh, connected on because that is a big determining factor. And it's not like, you you know, you see like Nigel Peck getting $400,000 a year in a car. Uh, you know, kids are getting recruited by the horizon are, are realistic about um, what would be, you know, appropriate for them, but they want to get something. And, you know, right now I think, if you look at in the portal for our league, Youngstown State has won the portal. And yes. and I would tell you that you couldn't pay me enough to live in Youngstown. But for Bryce McBride, Adrian Nelson, Malik Green, and Brandon Rush, and Mateo Kunso, uh, they may have uh, found a little nil niche there and, and were more than happy to go. And then the last thing I was going to say on the nil is I do think in the future this will settle down. At some point, your average booster is going to look around and say, what did paying some kid $10,000 do for the program or for my business or for, you know, our collective or whatever we've got going on. I think this is like a, you know, it's always going to be there, but it's on this, you know, it's, it's accelerated right now because it's new. At some point people are going to say, you have to have value to continue to do this. Unless you're John Ruiz at Miami, who's just blown $10 million on whatever he can. So. Right. I think I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I think I think some programs will have, you know, alums that just have, uh, you know, fuck you money and will just keep paying because they don't <laughs> care about the return on investment that they make on these players. They just want their programs to be successful. So, you know, it, it'll probably die down, but there'll still be programs out there with stupid rich alumni who just don't care and just want their programs to be successful. You, you mean like Texas, who had absolutely nobody get drafted in the NFL draft the, uh, this weekend? <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> but in, ter- um, in, in terms of the transfer portal, um, you know, I, I think it with what would you say 46% of the players or 54 were in the uh, I think it's 54%. Right. So we I mean, we could have potentially 50% over 50% turnover. So in terms of com- building competitive teams, when you're essentially restarting every year, building team chemistry, that's not good for the brand of basketball in the Horizon League. Now, the other thing, too, that, and again, this is where the, the does it really matter. So as I'm looking through some of the, when I look through the numbers themselves, um, yeah, that's not a great number. But, you know, like, for example, Cleveland State of the 10 transfers, uh, 10 players in the transfer portal, four of them were walk-ons who never mm. played. <laughs> another one is another one is Craig Bodwan, who got hurt two games in and didn't play at all. And like two other guys, um, I think uh, Chris Green, Anderson Maramo, who I'm really gonna miss, and um, Maybor Machak. Well, all those guys averaged like six minutes or less per game. Now, in the case of Cleveland, and they have, you know, obviously Cleveland State had a million players on their roster. 
Um, so I put it in perspective of that, you know, that being, well, okay, we have those players. And, and for in the example of Youngstown State, you have seven players that are in the transfer portal, but were there any of those seven players that they're actually going to miss? And then you bring in the five that are coming in, and all of them are D1 transfers, including Adrian Nelson. Michael, I know you're hurting about that one. Yeah. Um, because that guy's a that guy's a rebounding machine who essentially is probably you know that that guy you know his his production basically um, basically makes up for Maki Wakuche who's graduating and we didn't even add I'm sorry I was incorrect but 54 percent of the players of the players that are on this roster I forgot to mention that they are also those who are graduating too I forgot about those guys too my bad so it's not just the transfer portals transfers and graduating that's on me. My mistake. Oops. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you look at and if so, I think it's, sometimes you got to look at the quality and the quantity of the players that are leaving, and then also look at the the quality of the players that are coming in. Because um, as one of you mentioned, Oakland has got two guys that are coming in. One's a one's a Bowman from Wisconsin, and then the other one is Keaton Hervey from um, Missouri State. Um, Youngstown State's guys, Wright State's got Amari Davis coming back. Remember that guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Blake Sisley from the aforementioned Evansville. So yeah, those are. I mean, if you, if, when you look at those things, obviously it, it cuts both ways, and I'm sure it's a conversation we will continue to have uh, moving forward. So um, with that said, we're going to go ahead and close out uh, first part of the 2022 Fan Battle Royale, uh, gentlemen. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Um, obviously, we're going to have a lot more to talk about in part two. Um, until then, HorizonRoundtable.com is when where all of our content and all of our podcast episodes are. Um, pull us up wherever podcasts are available, and be sure to pull us up on your Amazon Google devices. So stay tuned next week, part two of the 2022 Fan Battle Royale. Until then, thank you all for listening.